You're listening to the Get the Pancake Podcast, helping volleyball coaches have their best season yet. Hi coaches, it's Whitney from Get the Pancake, a podcast for volleyball coaches. In this week's episode, I want to talk about how I spend the first 10 minutes of active practice literally every single day with my volleyball teams. Now I say active practice specifically because if you have a goal setting routine or some other um, powwow that you run, I guess, in the beginning of your practices, that's going to happen before this first 10 minutes of active practice. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I really wanna encourage you to find a process that works for you if you have a routine that starts practice every single time. It sort of eases your players into the practice mindset, gets their head in the game. And once they learn the routine, practice can start on time and with minimal instruction. So you're not hunting down girls in the hallway, trying to get them back into the gym. You don't have to be yelling at them to get their knee pads on quicker. If you have a routine, things can start on time because they know what happens. So in the first 10 minutes, I have four things that I always do, and you're more than welcome to copy these exact same steps. You can also come up with your own if you want, but this is what I've found works incredible for me. And not only do you start on time once they learn the routine, you also tend to lower player anxiety and reduce questions throughout practice, which we'll talk about in a second but you also build team bonding activities into every single day. I know team bonding is extremely important and I have actually recorded another podcast on the topic. So I'll link to that in the show notes on getthepancake.com, but team bonding can be an everyday thing. It doesn't have to be a sit down two hour activity or dinner or anything like that. It's something that you can do as you'll see in two to three minutes every single day. So if you adopt this routine, if you implement this routine, you'll notice that your players are going to become more open and friendly with each other. That's my personal favorite part is seeing my players start to bond with one another and actually see each other as friends. You know, there's the popular saying that you don't have to like each other outside of practice, but when you're here, you have to get along or something like that. And I think that's nonsense. (laughs) If I don't like you outside of the gym, I'm not going to like you on the court either. So if we can encourage them to just become better friends, get to know one another, that's going to help your team overall. Okay, so the very first thing that I do in practices, it's nothing earth shattering, but it is warmups. So the way that I run warmups, I have my players do two laps around the gym And then we do about five minutes of dynamic stretching, probably even a little bit less. Again, once you get into the routine, once your players know the stretches that you do and you have one or two players leading those stretches, that's just going to make things flow more smoothly. Something that I like to do with my teams, um, again, to help with that team bonding, team feeling, is when they're running their laps, I make them run them together. So 
I can't tell you how many times I just yell, stay together, stay together. Brooke, slow down. Megan, you're falling behind. <laughs> you know, I want them to be running at a nice jog at a nice pace and get the muscles moving, but I also want them to be going around the gym together. So the person in front is aware of where's the person in back? Are we going too fast? Do we need to pick up the pace? And I think this just helps them build awareness of their other players and think outside of themselves. So players aren't just like, okay, I gotta run two laps. They're like, okay, we're running two laps together. On top of that, I'll pick different players every day to lead the two laps and to then lead the stretches after. And I think this is just a fun way of giving people an opportunity to be the leader, to be the one that's in charge. And if you mix it up, I just think it's good for the players. So it's you get that experience of, okay, I'm in charge, and they see like how hard it is to make sure you're setting a good pace and everything. And then their focus shifts to, okay, I'm leading this group. What do I need to do? So it gives them a little taste of leadership, especially the players that aren't necessarily natural leaders or they don't get chosen as captains. It still gives them a little taste and some responsibility for the team. I also don't know if there's a purpose to this, but I make my players, every time they run around, I make them yell out what number lap they're on. If it's a really small space, I will make them do three laps, but it's mostly entertaining for me and the girls seem to like it. Literally every team that I coach, they make fun of it, but it's also like a fun thing that they bond over. But literally every person when they cross, you know, the starting point is they yell out what lap they're on. And since they're all running together, you'll see them leave for the lap. And when they come around, it'll be one, 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 one. And, the, you know, some of them will find a funny way to say it. And maybe they'll jump in the air as they're doing it. But giving them these kind of silly things to do, I don't know. I think it makes practice more fun. And it also, as coach, helps you keep track of them running their laps and then they actually run all three or all two, however many you give them, because there's a finish line and so they don't randomly stop. And dynamic stretching, if you wanna learn more about what that means, I will include a link in the show notes. Again, those are all gonna be on getthepancake.com. David Hardy out of Northwest Indiana wrote a great article detailing warming up for volleyball. So I encourage you to go and read that if you're interested in learning more about warmups specifically for volleyball. All right, so that's the first five minutes. We've got our laps done and we've got our stretching done. Now, the second thing that I do in the first 10 minutes of every practice is I have my players line up on the end line and I ask them how their day was. As simple and basic as this is, I think that this is critical to building open lines of communication and positive relationships with your players. It also helps you just kind of be aware of what they're going through. I know I tend to forget what it's like being a teenager sometimes. And when you ask them how their day is going and they start complaining about this horrible history test that they had to take that day, it kind of puts me back into the mindset of there's a lot going on outside of volleyball that's impacting my players both good and bad. And it's just a nice refresher for me to be like, oh yeah, these are teenagers that I'm talking to, not adults. And I also get to learn more about them. So maybe there's a big dance coming up and some of them are really excited about it. Some of them aren't going to it. You just kind of get a feel for 
your players and what's going on in their lives. I also enjoy every once in a while sharing fun facts about my day and learning about my assistant's day and just kind of taking maybe two to three minutes talking about what happened that day because that does, you build a relationship that's outside of volleyball and you get to know each other. Now, you don't want to be sharing anything too personal here, but keep it light. So if I were to have practice today, for example, I'd say, all right, girl, so how's your day going? And one of them might be like, oh, I'm good. Like, look at my new socks. I got these this weekend. I really like them. And then another one might say, oh, my day is so hard. I got my test back from Spanish and I got a B. I thought I was going to get an A on it. So, and then there'll be a big discussion about, oh, I can't believe you got a B. What? I got a C. And you're just fostering team bonding. And then something that I might share with my players would be like, oh, this morning, uh, my husband decided to do our laundry and instead of the detergent, he dumped bleach in the washing machine, which really happened. And I just, I just needed to tell somebody, but it's okay. All of his clothes are fine. It only got on mine. So, <laughs> so that's just sort of like the kind of stories that I would share with my players. And you know, these can lead to jokes and topics of conversation later on. And I think that's why it's important, again, to just kind of remember, yes, they're your volleyball team, but they're real people too. And it's important to check in with them to see how things are going. Okay, so again, five minutes of warm-up laps and stretching, two to three minutes of general, how's your day going? And then the next two to three minutes I spend outlining practice. So this does a couple of things in my mind. One, it holds me accountable. Like I do need to plan practice ahead of time in order to tell my players what we're gonna be doing that day. So for example, I might walk in and say, okay, everyone, the focus for today Again, you might have already covered this in your goal setting. If you use the goal setting worksheets from Get the Pancake, you can also re-go over that. Or if you're not setting goals, which I encourage you to look into, then you can cover what your focus is for the day. Maybe you have a focus for the day. Maybe you have themes. Whatever you want to do, just say, okay, guys, today we're going to do a couple of passing drills just to work on our defense. And then after that, we're going to work on introducing some new plays that I want you guys to eventually know how to run. And then at the end of practice, we're gonna be doing a fun scrimmage-like game. What I really like about outlining practice is that not only does it kind of reduce stress and anxiety for your players, because how many of you have had players walk in to the gym and immediately the first thing they say is coach what are we doing today coach what are we doing today and so if they know that you're going to tell them i think they want kind of a mental prep you know if you just walked into work and had no clue what you were going to do that day like that that makes you feel a little uneasy so these guys coming into practice want to know what the plan is for the day and then they can kind of relax into performing but it also reduces the number of times that players will come up and say oh, coach can we play dead fish today? Like, eh, sorry, not on the schedule. Actually, I'm kind of mean, and if my players ask me to do a drill, then I'll tell them that it'll be at least two practices before we do that drill again, so they know not to do that because I personally do not like it at all. I'm the coach, I make the rules, I do the drills. Now, if I ask them, you know, what would you guys prefer? Would you like to do 
Dead Fish or do you want to play Spider? Those are two serving games that I have on Get the Pancake. But if I ask them, then they can give me that feedback. But if they just come up and say, Coach, you know what we should do tonight? We're not going to do it. Those are the rules. <laughs> so this usually goes pretty quickly. I do ask players if they have questions. Usually they won't. And if they do have a question, it's usually very simple to answer. That's the third thing that I always do within the first 10 minutes of practice is tell my players exactly what we're going to be doing that night. So first, warm-ups. Second, ask them how their day was. Third, outline practice. And four, is sort them into teams for the warm-up game based on some sort of an icebreaker. Now, I'm not going to call it an icebreaker because I think just even hearing that, I just picture like awkward circles where people are asking you like what's something that nobody knows about you or what's a fun fact about you and quite frankly I'm not a fan of icebreakers like that especially you know on the first day you come in and all of a sudden you have to just open up to strangers um, but so here's my process for still using icebreakers without calling them icebreakers with my team so if you have the problem of players always being on the same group or always being on the same team, another thing that I don't like is when coaches say, pick a new partner. Then you'll have the two players that just stand there and look like they don't know what's going on until everyone else has a partner and they can be with their best friend again. And then you have like the awkward players that just like stare at you until there's nobody left. <laughs> and it's just uncomfortable most people do not enjoy this and I'm one of them. So maybe that's why I came up with this, but I will, especially in the very first week of practice, first week or two, what I do is I ask players, again, they're all standing on the end line. As an example, I'll ask them to line up alphabetically by first name. A is over here to my left and Z is on the right. And then this is where the magic happens, people. Then the players, believe it or not, start looking around at each other and they start talking. And once we get the players talking to each other and making jokes about how they can't remember the alphabet, this is where the team bonding happens. It only takes two to three minutes. It mixes up your groups much better than saying, just pick a new partner. And I think it's fun and it allows you to be creative as you'll see. So maybe the first day, line up alphabetically by your first name and then you'll have Allison and Alyssa trying to remember the alphabet and Zara's all the way at the end automatically and everyone thinks that that's funny and then what you do after they get in the line you go through and you ask them for their response and sometimes like somehow Melinda will be on the wrong side of Olivia and so that'll be funny to make them switch and again, you're just building up good feelings, communication, and mixing up groups. So maybe that's day one of practice. Day two, we want to keep it more factual and not really personal. So for example, so day one, we line up alphabetically by first name. Maybe day two, we line up by birthdays. And that'll be January on one side, December on the other. And then they start talking to each other and they figure out when each other's birthdays are. And sometimes there'll be like three June birthdays and all of a sudden these girls are bonding over that. 
and there will be nobody for September, October, November or something. Or you'll find out whose birthday's coming up first, whose birthday's at the end of the season. And the reason it's important to have these topics be more factual rather than personal is if you start asking, you know, what's a fun fact about you? So just bear with me. How many times have you been in a room where someone said, what's a fun fact about you? And someone said something completely boring and not fun at all. And then you made judgments about that person. Or maybe somebody went way off the rails and overshared. And again, you make judgments about that person. You don't really know everyone in the room. You don't know the personalities yet. You don't know how much you should or should not share. And that's the same with our players. We eventually want to get to those types of conversations later. But to start out with, we want to keep it completely depersonalized. And then there's no judgment, but they're still bonding. Another example of fact-based could be height. This is going to get your players interacting a little bit more because sometimes there will be a lot of players near the same height and they'll be doing back-to-back, having someone come over, and then it's funny. Whoever's the shortest, it's funny that they're the shortest for whatever reason. And the same thing with the tallest person. It's like, oh, Jennifer is definitely the tallest. Jennifer, you're at the end. Go over there. And it's just fun. So after you have these players lined up, I guess the next 10 minutes of my practice also always include the down ball game, but you can choose whatever warm-up game you want. But the down ball game is always one team versus the other team. And so when I'm lining up my players, putting them into groups, I'm either splitting them in half or I'm counting one, two, one, two, one, two. And sometimes lining up by height and having the short people versus the tall people, that can be really fun. Or if you're counting off one, two, one, two, then there's no real height advantage or disadvantage. And honestly, the way that you might think you can evenly split up teams, I've been very surprised on occasion the way that I split up teams because sometimes it will look like the group doesn't have a chance during the warm-up game. I'm not even going to lie. It looks like they don't stand a chance, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe you don't think personalities will work or it's all a bunch of front row players and you worry about their defense but they can really come together and surprise you. And it's a, it's a group you would never ever think to put together. And so that's why I like this because you can still have random players together and they can still come out and blow you away and just perform really well in the warm-up game. So after we've used a lot of factual ways of sorting people, maybe it's like if you have a black shirt, you're over here. If you have a bright colored shirt, you're on this side or something like that. Then you start to get a little more personal. Again, we're not getting that personal. Try and keep it fun, um, but something that maybe they can have a preference on. So favorite flavor of ice cream, favorite color, favorite song, and have them either line up alphabetically or some other way. But I talk a lot about this in my book, which is Coaching Volleyball, a survival guide for your first season. I spend a lot of time talking about it just like I'm talking about it a lot now because I really honestly think that using this icebreaker sorting with your team is its just gonna make a huge difference to how your team bonds throughout the season. And you get to share a little bit about yourself too. Like if I say that my favorite flavor of ice cream is mint chocolate chip, Some people just really don't like how mint tastes. And then you'll have the couple of players go, ew, coach, mint, that's so gross. 
and then maybe we're at a tournament later and maybe they have ice cream and then those players will come up and be like, oh coach, I bet you wanna get the mint ice cream, huh? <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's silly stuff, but again, it helps build relationships, which is a lot of what sports is all about, is building relationships, trusting each other, open lines of communication, and of course, building our skills on the court, which is a lot easier if we all get along. So that's it. <laughs> that's how I run the first 10 minutes of practice. Every day, every team, doesn't matter what age, that's what I do. And again, I've found that it really, really helps me bring my team together. I've found that having that routine in place helps practice start on time. You reduce player anxiety when they know what's going on and you just get to know your team better and you incorporate team bonding into every practice. Feel free to steal it as is or take it and kind of think about what kind of environment you want to create with your team and be creative about it. You know, I had never had anyone do the icebreaker sorting and I didn't necessarily set out to do it because I thought it would increase team bonding. I was just trying to think of a way to get players into different groups and that was what I came up with and then I was just blown away by the results so you can come up with something too so maybe you'll create something even better just sit down think about it but regardless I encourage you to have a routine that you always start practice with thank you for listening to the get the pancake podcast and I hope you will join me next week Have you ever watched a player serve a volleyball and thought to yourself, her toss is all over the place. If she just had a more consistent toss, she could be such a great server. Well, if you have thought something like that, I have some exciting news for you. If you wanted to, you could probably change that athlete's playing experience with just one or two private lessons. Of course, you could work with this athlete in practice and offer tips and advice over the span of a few weeks and then maybe see some improvement. However, if you've coached a team before, you know that it's really hard to spend even a couple of minutes with just one player. And you also know that as soon as you turn your back or walk away, they're most likely going to go back to their bad habits. But let's change the setting. It's just you, the player, and a full ball card. Maybe mom is on the sideline, but there aren't any distractions and 100% of your focus and the players is on their form, specifically that crazy toss. Although the progress is entirely up to the athlete, I can almost guarantee that after just one session, their toss will improve. In a private lesson, you are essentially fast tracking their skill development because all of your attention is on them. You're not yelling general corrections and pointers to a group of 12 teenagers while you mosey around a court. You're telling this one player specifically what she needs to change, what she's doing well, and she has the opportunity to practice in a setting where she won't be judged by her teammates as she's trying these new techniques. I could go on and on about the benefits of working one-on-one -on -one with athletes or even in small groups, but instead, I'm just going to recommend that you check out my latest book, Private Lessons, A Volleyball Coach's Guide to Getting Started. Just go to getthepancake.com and check out the books tab. 
Here you can learn more about what's in this new book, who it was written for, and if I think it's right for you. Seriously, go check it out. If you've thought about running private lessons before but weren't sure where to get started, this book is for you. Once you get started, you'll realize that the benefits of running private lessons extend far beyond improved tosses.